the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. You can hear the program each weekday afternoon from 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL and WFIL.com. Good afternoon. A little after 4, you're listening to the Tim DeMoss Show on AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Forecast calling for a clear evening, low down to 30 tomorrow. Mix of clouds and sun, high 52. Thursday, cloudy, a few showers, maybe even a couple of thunder showers, high around 50. Get the remote ready for this evening. Flyers are home against Montreal at 7. Also at 7, the Sixers playing at Charlotte. In college hoops, Phil Martelli, longtime coach of St. Joe's, let go after being the head coach. I think it's been 24 years. He was an assistant for 10 years prior to that, so he really is St. Joe's basketball in many ways. Helped them make seven NCAA tournaments, six NITs. They are, I guess their biggest year was 2004 when they won their first 27 games, made a run to the Elite Eight. Uh, speaking of which, Temple is playing Belmont tonight as they attempt to get into that field of 64, which really kicks in on Thursday for full-blown March Madness. Phillies and Astros were canceled today. Uh, Phils will try tomorrow afternoon at 1 o'clock against Detroit. Regular season just around the bend. Starting a week from Thursday, that's the 28th. I think it's the home opener against Atlanta, 3.05 that day. Uh, Mike Trout will no longer uh, be in the picture for the Phillies. He's uh, about to sign, if he's not already signed, a 12-year deal with his current team, the Los Angeles Angels. A paltry $430 million, give or take. That will be the largest uh contract in professional sports i think it's kind of funny <laughs> in a way i don't know <laughs> i don't know what role bryce harper's comments about uh maybe trout signing with the team a couple of years from now played into things but it feels a little bit like perhaps <laughs> what are you doing perhaps um perhaps the owner of the angels wanted to make a little bit of a point I can only I can only imagine, you know, hey Bryce, we'll take your contract you just signed and we'll add a hundred billion to it. Now close your mouth. I don't know. But in any case, if anything, Bryce got them to spend more than they had to, perhaps. No more free footballs, I would think, for Trout at Eagles games. Basically no chance of him coming here unless something really crazy were to happen. The Love Fest will be over somewhat. You know, being a local guy, I still think people will still root for him in some capacity, but it's different now that he's not going to be coming to Philly. In any case, uh, we do know someone who's coming to Philly that we're excited about. A.R. Bernard, who is the pastor of the uh, senior pastor of the Christian Cultural Center in Brooklyn. And he's also host of the A.R. Bernard radio program. You can catch every weekday at 3 on WFIL. He's our guest speaker for the WFIL Pastors Appreciation Breakfast coming up on the 25th of April. That's a Thursday. Going to have wonderful food. A time of worship, opportunities for mutual encouragement with other pastors, which is really important sometimes just to step out of your world for a little bit and have a chance to connect with others, compare notes, even do a little networking. It's all good. 
Uh, and workshops are happening that day, and the whole thing is free. We really want to affirm pastors and be a blessing to them. So if you are a pastor, you can just go right to our site and sign up. If you're not a pastor, you can simply let your pastor know. There's a big banner on our homepage. It says Pastor's Appreciation Breakfast banner, and they can get themselves signed up. Speaking of which, all this talk about breakfast, I think it's more than appropriate to play uh, Newsboys here. We have a contest with them, which I'll explain a little bit. This is the song Breakfast in Bethlehem. Oh, who milk put back the sugar? They are powerless to console. We gathered here to sprinkle ashes from our late free cereal bowl. Breakfast Clubber said the motto that he taught us to repeat. You will lose it in your gym class if you wait till noon to eat. Back when the chess club said our eggs were soft. Every Monday it said grace and hold our juice alive. WFIL.com, a fun one from Newsboys, which, by the way, not just breakfast there, and as we were talking about the pastor's appreciation breakfast, but uh, we have another thing that ties into that song. Newsboys 
are together doing a really cool tour. They, they've been around for many, many years, and they've had different lineup changes, and we've had members of their uh, of their group on our, our show before, and I uh, hope to do so again, maybe even in conjunction with this contest. But this, uh, this tour is called Newsboys uh, United, and the concert that we're going to be uh, looking to send someone to is in Chicago in April. And in addition to the opportunity to go to that concert, you could win uh, Newsboys CDs and T-shirts and things like that. So get to our site, WFIL.com. It's right there on the homepage, and you can sign yourself up for the opportunity to see Newsboys in concert. The uh, Newsboys United giveaway. And we're glad to have that on our page. There's other stuff there, too. If you go to our contest page, there are a bunch of really cool opportunities. So help yourself when you get a chance and swing by and uh, get yourself entered in different things. I mentioned our Ministry of the Month in the past, and I'll do it again. Uh, Somebody Loves You with Pastor Raul Reese. That's another thing that's pretty cool. Everybody gets a free CD featuring 13 studies on the book of Ephesians. We had him on yesterday. In fact, checked in from California. So help yourself to that tool around WFIL.com and get yourself in the mix for some of these free things and some contest opportunities. We'll take a short break and to come back with a gentleman named Scott Hall. He's the vice president of operations for Swapalease.com. It's basically a company that matches individuals who want to get out of their lease with people who are looking to perhaps take over a short-term lease. As the world of transportation continues to change, we'll jump into that here in just a moment on AM560 WFIL, WFIL.com. And we also have some stuff to give away. So be ready to call in and or text in to win. More to come. Tim DeMoss Show and WFIL. It's the Tim DeMoss Show podcast, available at WFIL.com. Thanks for listening. Maybe you can drive my car. And maybe I love you. AM560. WFIL, WFIL.com, Tim DeMoss Show, 414. Bring it on now, the Vice President of Operations for Swapolice.com, Scott Hall. Thanks for joining us, my friend. Hello, thank you for having me on the show today. Sure thing. Tell us about Swapolice. Uh, it's an interesting concept. Got an email about your company and uh, thought our listeners might like to know about it. Yeah, uh, Swapolice is an online marketplace where people go to get in and out of automotive leases. And we've been at this now for nearly 20 years. We've helped uh, tens of thousands of people uh, in and out of automotive leases. And there's all sorts of advantages to each side of the equation. And what I mean by each side of the equation are those people wanting to get in and those people wanting to get out of those leases. Yeah, sure. Well, t- uh, give, a, give an example of folks who uh, – or what the pro- maybe what the process would be like for someone who is thinking, you know, I like my car, but I think I'd like to move along. Uh, maybe maybe they're kind of they're, they mirror each other, but maybe you could explain kind of what someone would go through if they wanted to either list their car or look for one. Sure. Let, let, let me start on what we consider to be the seller side of the equation, or those people wanting to get out of a lease. Okay. Uh, and I do want to make a quick note on that. Obviously, it's not your lease to sell, but we just use that terminology to make things pretty clear and easy for most folks, and yeah. most people kind of follow that. Uh, that uh, naming, if you will. Okay. Uh, but if someone wanted to get out of their lease, uh, they would go to the Swapolice website and they would uh, go through the, the process we have in place. And we have all sorts of information on the website, not only about lease transfers, but just leasing in general. So okay. it's, a good, it's a good resource, even if somebody's looking for a new vehicle from that standpoint. Yeah. But it really is a very easy process. You would list a vehicle on Swapolice. We do three types of information. We would need information about the vehicle itself. 
information about the, the lease itself and, of course, some contact information for the person who wants to get out. Sure. And then once you get the car on the website, that can be done in a quick five to ten minute process. Uh, we would post that on our website. Uh, and we have thousands of people coming to our site every day looking for leases to take over. So our goal really is to match up those individuals again who want to sell and buy a lease. Yeah. And so legally speaking, so to speak, what's what's happening there? Are they still responsible for their lease till it's over and the other person's taking over the payments for it? Or how does that work? Well, uh, this is something else we have on our website, kind of a qualification system, if you will. Yeah. But out of all the leasing companies out there, they essentially break down to three different types. Uh, and thankfully, the majority of them permit full automotive lease transfer. So if I were to transfer my lease to you, yeah. I would be completely off the hook and out of the equation. Okay. okay. Uh, the next group of, of leases, they do permit you to transfer a lease, but you essentially remain in kind of a co-signer, for lack of a better way to put it, situation. Okay. Now, obviously, that's not as good. But if somebody's wanting to get out of their lease due to financial reasons, it still may be a good good method for them to save some money. Yeah. And uh, for those just tuning in, we're chatting with Scott Hall. He's the VP of Operations for SpotPolice.com. And the, the idea of if you happen to be driving a vehicle that's leased, whether you're interested in getting out of that or perhaps you'd like to get into a situation, I guess there are different ways people could – intersect with that like maybe they're in a lease and they want to stop leasing altogether or maybe they're you know they're selling their car and they want to start leasing or so i'm sure you see all sorts of people you know in and out of the the service we see all sorts of reasons uh for people wanting to use our service from both sides of the equation yeah um well and i did want to add one last note to the last part is there are a handful of leasing companies out there that don't permit leases to be transferred uh, whatsoever we have all this information on our site so if anybody's curious uh, we've got a good database they can look at, and we'll answer all their questions from a leasing company standpoint. And we're also big advocates of never hesitate to call your leasing company, too, because they can give you the, the lowdown on this. And something that we're all about is we want to make sure people follow the process put in place by their leasing company so nobody's putting any harm's way and everybody's doing everything officially and properly. Yeah, and it sounds like, to that point, there may be some information like they might like to use your service and it turns out, uh, I'm not allowed. <laughs> like, by, by their, right. Yeah, I mean, so there may be those those little checkpoints along the way, but uh, let's say there is a, a match and people can post and then I'm, I'm interested in looking around. Maybe I, I'm looking for a vehicle or thinking um, one time I had a relative come from in a, uh, from, out, from out of the country, was going to be in America for about six or eight months. And I was like, you know, of a car, I could, you know, someone's got available. And it sounds like maybe if you find the right person who's their lease is winding down, that could be a way or. Uh, we actually see that scenario fairly often. Uh, you know, could could be six months, could be 12 months, could be 18 months, whatever the time frame. Yeah. So it's something we commonly see is, you know, professionals coming in from other countries or, you know, even other parts of the country temporarily yeah. and need a vehicle for the short term and don't want to invest a lot of money. Absolutely. You see that very commonly. Okay. That sounds good. Scott Hall is the VP of operations for com. just chatting about their service and, and how this works. And uh, as far as the concept of leasing in general, um, there are different reasons why. And you mentioned there's a bit of an education of that, like why consider leasing right on your, on your site. Um, well, are, you, yes. are you seeing, and I'll say this on the side, like I actually did some Lyft and Uber driving for about uh, nine months. I did about 2,500 rides, found it fascinating. And as I was doing that, I was meeting a lot of people and seeing the world of transportation just changing and why some people took Lyft or Uber all the time or why people started doing some swapping or, you know, even like you can, I think you can 
rent your car out and let someone do Uber driving with your car. Uh, so, but as far as the leasing and, and this whole idea of swapping out of a lease sooner than a, a typical, what is it? Usually often a three to five year lease that have it much right. fast. Is that right? Or, um, most leases are right around three years in length. It doesn't mean they can't be longer. It doesn't mean they can't be shorter, but the average is right about three years. You're absolutely correct. Okay, so this sounds like a, another way of like people who kind of like the concept, but they don't necessarily want to be tied to something for three years because they don't know if they'll need it for three years or someone's in college for a year or two and then they're moving somewhere else. It sounds like a very fluid way of the, you know doing the idea without having to be committed to something extra long term. Yeah, absolutely. We provide a lot of flexibility, and we see people using our site uh, basically from both sides of the equation, again, from just a couple of different, you know, kind of large buckets, and then each one of those large buckets, there's all sorts of reasons, but obviously people will come to us for financial reasons, and those can be both negative and positive. You know, maybe somebody's been downsized and needs to get a car that can fit their budget a little bit better. Uh, maybe somebody got a promotion and they're look, you know, they're looking for that new luxury car to, you know, show everybody how well they're doing. You know, that's <laughs> something else we see. Right. Um, we also see, you kind of noted this already, but people coming to us for lifestyle changes. You know, maybe they're moving to a different part of the country. Uh, maybe they've got their, uh, last kid going to college now and they're ready for that two seater and maybe get rid of the minivan. Well, maybe down the other side of that equation, 18 years earlier, they may try to get rid of the two seater and get into a minivan. Yeah. So you did. You never know. It sounds very All practical. For reasons. Right. Yeah. It sounds very practical. How long have you been working with Swapily, Scott? I uh, believe it or not, I'm actually I was actually employee number one, and that was about uh, 19 years ago at this point. Wow. So you've seen a lot. Has it changed a lot over the years, or has the has the concept of it just been consistent and and people become aware of it and take advantage of it? I would say it, it's it's more similar than different, but. Uh, uh, the concept of lease transferring predated lease, but it just wasn't a good marketplace to go find those leases and match people up. And uh, you noted the, the process, and the process is the same it was, you know, 20-odd years ago. And you know, first thing is, uh, the first step is you've got to find somebody interested in it. The second step is the person interested in taking it over needs to do a credit check, and that credit check is going to be done by the leasing company. It's not done by us. It's done by the leasing company. Yeah. And then the third step, assuming they pass the credit check, would be final documents to make that lease transfer official in the eyes of the leasing company. I do want to put one caveat on this, is whether people want to use the swap lease service or do this on their own, I plead for them to go through their leasing company's process so they don't put themselves in some sort of financial danger or liability. Yeah, because they maybe didn't read something they weren't aware of and they went ahead and did something they weren't allowed to do. Yep, yep. And then if you follow your leasing company's instructions, again, whether you swap a lease or, or do it on your own, you're going to be fine. But you know, I, if I could get one point across today, make sure you do it the proper way. Keep your leasing company's processes and follow their instructions. That's good. That's good wisdom. Scott, it's good to have you on. Thank you for taking time out of your day. Thanks. Nice to see you today. All right. Scott Hall, VP of Operations for Going to take a short break. Come back at you with some music and uh, some contesting. Get ready to dial in to win free gift cards from Duncan and Wawa. More coming up with Tim DeMar's show on WFIL. Have a guest you'd like to hear on the Tim DeMoss Show on AM560 WFIL? Email D at WFIL.com. 
on AM560 WFIL. It's the Tim DeMoss Show. If you please, Doctor. 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 Ooh, play. I can feel you rising, rising from the deep. You thought I wasn't listening. That's why you spoke for me. I swore I told you once before that you won't welcome round anymore. I'd rather be not rich but poor than have to deal with you. It's where it all begins Spoke to me as a whisper As you offer me the world But I can see right through you Cause I heard it all before WFIL, it's Unspoken, the song Never Again. They're actually in the area doing a couple of concerts, one's in Drexel Hill this Thursday night and one's in Allentown Friday night. We're hoping to have Chad Matson, the lead singer of Unspoken, on the program uh, probably sometime tomorrow, so keep an ear out for that. The show's very fluid. You never know who's going to appear on the program. Case in point, we bring in right now Marcus Hayes of the uh, Philadelphia Daily News and Inquirer. Hello, my friend. How are you doing today? That's a tough act to follow right there. <laughs> Well, you know, with breaking news all around, I figure I'd go to one of the 
most seasoned writers in the city because you not, not only do Phillies baseball, but you do pretty much everything. So we have two main things that have happened in the sports scene. You have Mike Trout signing a $570 zillion contract. <laughs> and uh, Phil Martelli on the opposite end, uh, kind of out of a job. So let's see St. Joe's. So um, for those just tuning in, Marcus Hayes has been around for – how many years have you been writing, by the way? Do you, do you keep track anymore? Well, I've been covering sports. I started covering the Buffalo Bills for the Syracuse paper in 1990. So I've been in the business for 29 years, almost 29 years. Wow. And um, I, uh, I've been in Philadelphia for the last 24 of those. So I've lived in Philadelphia longer than any place else. So I, I guess at some point I've become a, a Philadelphian by association, right? Absolutely. Na- a naturalized a naturalized Philadelphia. <laughs> well, and you've had your share of, of great, interesting stories to write about. And, of course, uh, just uh, you know, one of them happening recently with Bryce Harper signing, and you were kind enough to chat with us last week. And just with this news coming through, I, I couldn't help but think, and I'm not a very cynical person. You know me. I'm pretty optimistic. I like to give people the benefit of the doubt. This just feels like the owner for the Angels, Artie Moreno, said to Bryce Harper, I'm tired of you talking about my player. I'm going to take your contract and raise you $100 million and close your mouth. <laughs> Am I wrong? Well, I think you – yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> um, they, uh, the, 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 the feeling around Philadelphia has long been that once the current contract of Mike Trout expires, he will gladly run back to Philadelphia and, you know, become, you know be the best player in baseball for his relatively hometown – uh, franchise, and that was never going to happen. I, I didn't. I understand why people wanted it to happen, but the reality just didn't match the the, the uh, you know the reality didn't match the dream. It, it was he likes it in Anaheim. I, I have always contended um, that the worst scenario for any athlete, especially an athlete who's supposed to be elite, is playing in front of his hometown because. It's if you fail, if you don't win, and if you don't play well, it's the worst experience you could imagine. Yeah. Well, and it looks like it's not, you know, certainly not going to be an issue. And, uh, I mean, over the years, you know, they, they have all the the interesting things with the um, – um, sorry, someone's calling my text line. Knock it off. There we go. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's a text line, not a phone line. Anyway, um, but, you know, all the games where Trout's getting a football at the Eagles game, and there's all this, you know, at least on camera, and people are counting down the days to him coming. But in your your opinion, as you've been kind of covering it from afar and, and, and you know, playing the American League, so you don't get to see Trout uh, that much. But it never really, in your world, you were like, people wake up all along. You know, it's not going to oh, happen. Oh, gosh, it was, just, it was just crazy. I mean, if you're Artie Moreno, I mean, do you want to be the guy that trades Babe Ruth? Do you want to be the guy that, you know, trades Wayne Gretzky? The guy that lets – Artie Marino spends a lot of money. That's going to be a good franchise again within two or three years. It, it's – and they have been good for a long time, you know. It's uh, it's always been puzzling to me why people just assumed Mike Trout would come home. I mean, if you were Mike Trout, would you want to play for a team that has won as many World Series championships as the, as the Phillies have? lately in Disney World? Or would you want to come home and face the pressure and the weather and the expectations of a franchise that's the losingest franchise in the history of any sport? Yeah. Well, they are on the upswing, to be fair. But maybe, yeah. I I don't know Mike Trout at all. It'd be interesting, though, because, you know, he's been in, in Anaheim and L.A. for a lot of years now, and 
that you know they haven't really gotten very far. So I, if he's the competitor, well, let me let me, let me I'll, I'll put it to you this way: yeah. when it comes to being a competitor or whatnot, Mike Trout has been asked for several years to become the face of Major League Baseball, right? To do more marketing, to, to promote the game, and he's refused. And the reason he's refused is because he enjoys being a guy who hits every ninth time and gets five plays per game. He enjoys being relatively anonymous. If he comes to Philadelphia, he will be the, the least anonymous person in town. <laughs> if he comes to Philadelphia, yeah. he will be bigger than Joel Embiid or Carson Wentz will ever be. He'll be, you know, he might be bigger than, I don't know, who Julius Irving. You know, who's the biggest icon ever? Yeah. He, might be, he might be the biggest thing to ever hit Philadelphia. He will have no privacy. He will have no life. His children will have no life. It's just a, it's a terrible situation to be in unless you win the World Series every year, yeah. you know? Yeah, but well. in Anaheim, he could be relatively anonymous. Uh, he's not even in L.A. He's not playing for the Dodgers. He's in Anaheim, you know? Right. So he could be relatively anonymous and appreciated for his greatness, and he'll always be the best player on that team, probably until he's 39 and the, and the deal is fired, you know? Yeah. Well, he and Bryce can uh, call each other from their expensive gold-plated uh, rocking chairs as they gracefully age. It'll, with be, their... <laughs> it'll be much better drama if the Phillies meet the Angels in the World Series. True. This is true. Marcus Hayes, philly.com uh, with the uh, Philly, um, uh, Philadelphia Daily News and Inquirer. Just call in, check in because of the Trout signing with the uh, Angels. Uh, $430 million deal. 12 years, it looks like this is what this is going to be. Uh, but the other thing, too, on the college hoops as we get ready for March Madness to kick into full gear, uh, St. Joe's letting Phil Martelli, longtime coach, go 34 years with the, with, you know, it's really the face, speaking of the face of baseball, the face of St. Joe's basketball for many years. So, have you known Phil off and on over the years or a chance to couple? Oh, very teams? much yeah. so. Yeah. His, his best player, when I got here in 1995, I'd actually covered in Syracuse as a high school player. And, um, his name was Bernard uh, Blunt, and Bernard Blunt was the, one of these guys. He once ran into the uh, opposition stands and detached a railing and started swinging it at the crowd. So, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when Bernard, which probably cost him a, a couple of scholarship offers, but Bernard helped put St. Joe's on the map. I mean, he was a, he was an elite player for. Phil Martelli as kind of a uh, you know a shooting guard, uh, small forward player. So yeah, the, one of the first things I did was uh, it was funny too. I I had to go to uh, St. Joe's and do something. It might have been you know they they got into the tournament that year and I had to go cover that or something. So uh, somebody told me I was in the office at the Daily News, which used to be uh, in right at uh, 400 North Broad Street. So what you do is you take the uh, you take the Vine Street Expressway. To the school kill, you get off at City Line, and it's right up there on your left. And I looked at my map. This was in 1995 or 96. Yeah. I looked at my map, and none of those words were on my map. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, what? Can you put those words in the numbers?" Right. Nobody knew that it was 676 to 76 to Route One. I guess it would be Route One South. Yeah. Nobody knew. They only it was the locals that were talking to me who lived there all their lives only knew the names of the road, names of the highway. You know, one of which is an interstate. So right. um, it was a kind of a Phil Martelli was a welcome to Philly moment in a lot of. And then I got there. I, I'd been covering Jim Beheim for years, and went to school at Syracuse. And Phil Martelli was the anti Beheim. If you had a question, he was happy to hear it and answered it thoroughly and thoughtfully. 
so it was i remember that night like it was yesterday uh how professional he was and how professional he was when he was on top you know when he had two nba players on his team he was the same guy as when they were squeaking into the tournament yeah or you know when they were uh I think what was it? Langston Galloway was uh, willing them to the A10 title, or, or you know, or whatever. It's right. just, uh, it, you know, it's he was my first experience in covering uh, college basketball in Philadelphia, and he is exactly the same guy today as he was 24 years ago. You really like to see that in a person. I, I think of Terry Francona. My first year of covering sports in Philadelphia radio was 1997. And I remember Terry Francona, uh, you know, eating his uh, dinner on his paper plate after the Phillies had lost yet another game. And yet he talked to everybody the same, whether they were beat reporters who were there every day or someone like myself who was just starting out. And I asked him a number of years later when he was back in town with the Red Sox. And he said, you know, his parents had raised him that way to not be a respecter of persons. And so um, it's nice to it's nice to have people who are even keeled like that in your life, especially, you know, for your job. It makes it a lot easier to do so. Uh, in any case, well, good. So now uh, I'll let you get back to your day. But are you back in Philly now, or you were? We call you called from spring training, where it was very nice weather. Now it's a little cooler. Are you up, up oh, north now? Yeah, that's right. Uh, spring training is done for me. I'm sitting in traffic on 95 South heading to the Flyers game. And, <laughs> okay, uh, I may see you down wish, there later. Wishing, wishing I yeah, wishing I was uh, you know at the uh, what was it the Fairfield Inn at St. Pete Clearwater Air- Airport with its. Uh, 20-foot by 50-foot pool where <laughs> I would do my tra- be transcribing uh, quotes right now. Yeah. yeah. Well, at least you had the, had the week there. That was nice. I'm, I'm happy for That's you. That's true. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you for checking in, Marcus. Will you be writing it all on the uh, Trout or the Martelli uh, stories in the days to come, do you think? Or? No. No, I won't. Uh, I probably won't. We have a legion of uh, baseball and college basketball writers, and um, they will have at it. I, I hope to catch up with Phil you know, within the next month or so. Yeah. But, uh, Do more of a piece. You know, maybe during, maybe during the tournament to sort of get his reflections and stuff. But, uh, um, that'd be great. It was no, nothing, nothing is imminent with this stuff because, you know, there's, it's, we got, uh, actual Philly stories and lots of, uh, lots of flyers and sixers coming up. So, you yeah. know, onward and upward, right? That's right. Great. Well, enjoy the game tonight. Maybe I'll see you down there later on. All right, Jimmy. Thank you. Thank you, Marcus. Marcus Hayes, the Philly.com uh, with Philadelphia Daily News and uh, Philadelphia Inquirer, a longtime writer. And uh, speaking of Flyers, they are home tonight against Montreal. Sixers are at Charlotte, 7 o'clock for both of those games. And Temple playing tonight, too, getting ready to uh, hopefully enter the field of 64 that really starts on Thursday for the full-blown March Madness. Phillies, I think, they rained out earlier today, but they're going to play again tomorrow. Regular season starts next week. A lot going on. We're going to take a short break, and as we do, I do want to invite you to call in and win a, a free uh, Dunkin' or a Wawa gift card. Your choice, 800-560-WFIL, 800-560-9345. Give a quick call right now for your chance to win. AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Live and local, it's the Tim DeMoss Show, weekday afternoons 4 till 5 on AM 560 WFIL, and at WFIL.com. Our podcast continues. 445 on the Tim DeMoss Show, AM 560 WFIL, WFIL.com. Full day continues as we bring in our next guest. He's uh, with the movie Jesus, His Life, which is a special coming up on the History Channel over the next few weeks, starting this coming Monday. 
Our guest is the CEO of leading consulting company, Values Partnerships. He led the White House Office of Faith-Based and Neighborhood uh, Partnerships under President Obama, was also called the President's Pastor-in-Chief by Time Magazine. Joshua Dubois is our guest. Hello, sir. Hi there. How are you? I'm good. How are you, sir? Great, great, great. Good to chat with you. Yeah, you too. You, uh, you, <laughs> you've done a lot of things, and you still do a lot of things, right? You're like yeah. all over the place. We're having fun, you know, mostly all over the place, chasing after a three-year-old and a one-year-old most of the time. But other than that, we're, we're doing some fun stuff. So. That, that, Thanks for the work that you do as well. Uh, we're, we're really glad you, you decided to do this story. Yeah, and, you, you are, and you're fairly local to us, not too far. You're based in D.C., is that right? I am, yeah. You stole Bryce Harper from us, but we're not going to talk about that. I was wondering if you were going to hang up on me, but yeah. <laughs> it's still very much a sore spot. We, you know, we see you guys really early on, and I think I'm going to go over to the ballpark to get to get my boo on. But <laughs> other than that, but yeah, yeah, that's a godly perspective. That's great. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We're supposed to be talking about Jesus, and I'm talking about booing Bryce Harper. It's allowed. It's okay. Yeah. Well, tell us about your involvement with the film and and your take on things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, I I think that this is one of the most exciting and important uh, depictions of the Bible on screen, large screen, small screen, any kind of screen that, that we've seen in a very, very long time. Um, the History Channel reached out to me early on, and I was honored that they asked me to both be kind of an advisor on the content and the scripts and also to be an on-air contributor. And I didn't hesitate to say yes um, for a number of reasons. One, uh, the way that they were putting this together was really remarkable. They were looking at Jesus through the the lenses and eyes of people who knew him best, the people in his life, Mary Magdalene and Joseph and Mary and John the Baptist and um, and others. And so we were getting to understand the the uh, the 360 version of Jesus, not just the. you know the, the 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 person that we understand in sort of broad strokes, but the detailed, nuanced uh, look at at his life, and I thought that that was really exciting. Um, and then when I saw all the different people from across the spectrum that were connected to it, um, I knew it was going to be something special. I mean, they have every sort of Christian scholar, um, pastor, leader, um, you know, conservatives, progressives. Um, you know, theologians, um, leaders in the church, and, and more. Um, you know, I've never seen a production that really has engaged the uh, the breadth of, um, of of people that Jesus' life has. And so, those two things together, both the content and the people, I knew I had to sign on. So yeah, yeah that's a little bit a little bit of background. Joshua Dubois is our guest. He's a CEO of a leading consulting company, Values Partnerships. Uh, he's done many other things, and uh, and it, I know just going through some of the material about your background that you. Even like the title of the name, Values Partnerships, has a, the word value, I guess, has a double meaning. It could be, uh, you know, what you believe in. It could also be that you attribute worth to something. You value partnerships. And so I'm guessing that's come into play as you as you described all the different players involved with this movie, that you got to, you know, get a more panoramic view of how other people, you know, how they view Jesus. And, and, and the, I mean, not that it, it all depends on – it doesn't depend on that. It's, he is who he is. But, you know, you get to appreciate – how people uh, view him and, and have conversation about that. I bet that was part of the process, right? Absolutely, yeah. Just from a range of perspectives, you know, um, from different racial backgrounds, people that have different political ideologies. We, in our work, both dating back to my time in, in the White House, um, leading the faith-based initiative, yeah. um, and then, you know, to our work with Values Partnerships today, we really do try to build bridges. You know, there, there, so much of our culture is focused on what divides us, and we try to find um, areas 
um, in spaces where we have something in common. And I think this um, this series, um, which you know, of course, premieres on this coming Monday, March 25th, on, on the History Channel at eight o'clock. Yeah. Um, it, it 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 really is a bridge building series. It, it, it you know, you'll see folks from different walks of life who have the commonality of um, an interest in and a belief in Jesus. And so, I'm just really excited for people to see it. Do you know how long it's uh, been? You know, from start to to finish when the the project began, the the idea of doing it and. My goodness, it's got to be at least eighteen months. It's been a it's been a long journey. I know that they've initially reached out to me. I want to say it was fall of twenty seventeen, okay. and so you know, and spent the last year solid putting the production together. So a lot of care has gone into this, and you'll see that reflected on screen. It's um, you'll see the excitement, the energy. It's a char. It's going to keep you know folks riveted and glued to the screen. But there's also a lot of thought. There's a lot of underlying careful look at, at the Bible, at the Gospels, and thinking about how to bring real Scripture to screen. And so the, uh, there's a lot of care went into it over a number of months. Speaking of which, the uh, as I, I saw you know, a trailer of sorts, I didn't see the entire thing, but I, I saw pieces of it and the, just the... Uh the setting and and the, and you know all the all the work that goes into putting that together. Do you have any insight into a little bit so people can get an idea of what went into recreating the the environment, so to speak, the layout? Yeah, there was so much. Um, you know, they they filmed on on location in Morocco, and so you really have an environment of sort of you know, what first century Israel would have would have looked like, um, the, you know, the people and the marketplaces. And, you know, so I think the most important thing was that they went on location. This was not shot on a Hollywood set somewhere, you know, with a manger you know, that somebody kind of pulled together from, from Home Depot. This yeah. was um, <laughs> right. actually, you know, they, they went on location to, to a place that looked and felt very similar to how things would have looked and felt in the time that Jesus walked, walked this earth. And, and shot there, um, engaged actors who were kind of reflective of the time and the period. Um, and so you're really going to be kind of rocketed back. It's almost like a time machine where you, you will, you'll, you'll look at this show um, and feel like you're, you're, you're really kind of walking the land that Jesus walked. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, chatting with uh, Joshua Dubois and the film coming up on Monday, as you mentioned, Jesus, uh, his life and uh, uh one one of the quick question for you, just as you talked about the different, uh, you know, viewing Jesus through the eyes of those who knew him, and obviously they're not those physical people aren't living today. But uh, how, what was? Can you describe a little bit of the process of how you would, or how the characters were developed, and and how they maybe were, you know, through Caiaphas's eyes, through Pilate's eyes? Um, Absolutely, and I, and I love this part of the show. And you know, for folks, just so for folks know, there, it'll be kind of two episodes a night for four weeks in a row, leading into Easter. So every Monday. Starting on March 25th, you'll be able to meet a new set of characters. So the first two are Joseph and John the Baptist. And so you get the perspective of the man who was charged with being, you know, Jesus' earthly father, um, and then John the Baptist, who kind of prepared the way. Then the next week you have Mary, the mother of Jesus, um, which is one perspective, an intimate perspective of his mother, and then Caiaphas, you know, the, the high priest, the person who, you know, was a, was a part of, you know, the, the walk to his crucifixion. And so, yeah. you know, two very different perspectives. Um, then you go into Judas and Pilate for the um, the next week, and then we wrap up with Mary Magdalene and Peter. And so it's really kind of, it's the people that loved him, that walked with him, that learned from him, the people that cared for him, um, and then those who opposed him, too. And so it's really kind of a rounded version. For some people, he was a savior. To other people, he was a threat. And, oh, yeah. and the, 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 the series walks through all of that. Yeah. 
Very good. Thank you for taking time. I know you got a full day, and uh, it's good to get perspective from someone so close to the whole process and uh, understand it better. And again, this coming Monday, uh, the 25th, is when that kicks off for four subsequent weeks. I guess Easter always keeps moving. Every year, it's one year, it's late March. I know, doesn't it? It's late this year, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Well, thanks for taking time. God bless you. Have a great rest of your your day. Bless you as well, Scott. Thanks so much. Thanks. Bye-bye. That's Joshua Duvall with the upcoming special on the History Channel beginning this coming Monday, March 25th. Uh, And as you might guess, you know, when a story is put into movie form, there may be a different take on what happened when you compare it with actual scripture. For example, I'll give you one quick example. Uh, I saw some clips of this, and when um, Joseph finds out that Mary was with child in the film, he displays some anger, which certainly could have been possible. You know, th- there's not a lot on that topic. In Matthew 1.19, it simply says that Joseph was a righteous man who uh, did not want to expose Mary to public disgrace. So he had in mind to divorce her quietly, and the film gets there. Like, that's where it goes. But initially, you know, would he have felt betrayed and angry? Would he have, like, what would his reaction would have been? So, as with movies like this, you can't know because it's not written in Scripture specifically. You can take a guess, an educated guess, perhaps. So, uh, you know, you have those eyes on. And as with any area of your life, whether it's a movie, whether it's a piece of music you listen to, I do this at church. We'll be singing a worship song. And I'll look at that and I'll be like, do I believe that? Is that what Scripture says? And make sure you compare it. Don't just don't just do it, you know, and, and take it in without thinking about it. Your lens is what Scripture uh, would be. So I encourage you and encourage myself uh, to, to live that way. We're going to take a short break, and uh, I do want to give away a Duncan Wawa gift card. So as we head into our break, give a quick call, 800-560-WFIL, 800-560-9345. If you'd like to win uh, one of those, your choice with WFIL. It's Tim DeMoss Show. Thanks for tuning in this afternoon. Thanks for tuning in to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast with AM560 WFIL and WFIL.com. 458, what's your name? Hello. Hello. Where are you from, Charlotte? I'm from Brookhaven, Pennsylvania. We need to make you a winner. All right. I'm on my way home from work and was listening to the radio. Excellent. What do you do for work? I do. I'm an accounts payable, receivable, payroll. So you're dealing with dough. Filing for taxes. (laughs) Oh, wow. So, like, you're getting no sleep. (laughs) Well, I don't do the taxes. I just e-file. So I love this. Oh, good. Good. All right. Well, hold on, Joe. We'll get your info. We'll uh, hook you up. You can pick Duncan or Wawa. He'll he'll take your order off the air. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. We're going to turn things over now to Jim Max of Max 413 Ministries. I'll leave him for next. Looking forward to being back tomorrow, Lord willing. Have a great evening. Thanks for listening to the Tim DeMoss Show podcast. Feel free to tune in to the full show each weekday afternoon from 4 to 5 on AM 560 WFIL and at WFIL.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.